Hey, welcome everybody to The Integrated Entrepreneur. Jonathan here with my co-host, Keith. Keith, what's going on, bud? What is going on, my friend? It's another beautiful Monday here in not-so-sunny Florida. Yeah, yeah, this cold front was crazy. I just went to uh, Kansas City to speak. And I, in Kansas City, the outdoor workout was two degrees. Literally yeah, two no, I'm good. degrees. Yeah. No, you can keep that. And in fact, if they would take this shit back to wherever you brought it back from, I would be appreciative. Yep. I'm right there with you, brother. Um, <laughs> first, I, I just want to say that because I want to give a lot of respect to anyone doing 75 hard in that type of environment. That is not easy to do. That outdoor workout was miserable for me. And anyone doing that every single day, I give you guys a lot of respect. Um, today, are you, are you on the program? I am. Yeah. Nice, dude. I that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like 20 something days into that. And then I'm doing the 100,000 push-up challenge, which is just doing 100,000 push-ups in a year or under. Roughly 300 a day. I will say, yeah, I'm seeing massive results from that. Your nice pectorals, huh? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Triceps, pecs, looking good. But man, that is something that will get you. And so this is an interesting thing in human psychology before we get into everything. Out of, I think there's probably 150 people that signed up. And it's really cool because they, whoever posted this challenge made it on an app and there's a leaderboard. And the results on that leaderboard directly tie into how humans operate, right? You have 150 people. Out of the 150 people, roughly 30 of them started. The other 120 did not start. Out of the 30 that started, maybe, maybe 10 are taking it seriously where they're posting every day and trying to hit the goal. And then there's probably out of that 10, there's probably six of us that are constantly competing to be number one. And so we're so far ahead. Like some people are up to almost 9,000 pushups 22 days into the year. Jesus. Yeah. I think I'm at like 7,000 and change. And everyone's coming up with a strategy. Who's going to hit it first? So you, it's cool seeing that level of competition with something that means nothing. And they're just doing it for pride. But that's how humans operate. Yeah. That's it. That's it. 100%. That's how you have your, your, your one percenters, right? The elite. Yeah. It's yeah. not that they're any better. It's just that they're, they refuse to, to give up and let other people beat them. So it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And that correlates into business and family and, and all of these other things. So you want to talk about like learning from other people, learning from friends, dude, that's huge, right? It's like, yeah. what are we learning from those people, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will sit here and listen to a podcast and be like, oh my God, that's the greatest thing. Or you and I have seen this a thousand times, go to an event and take 14 pages of fucking notes and never look back at them. Yeah. They just wanted to go to the thing. Yeah. There's yeah. one or two in the group that'll take four bullet points and, and go and operate it and put it into play. And next time you see them, they're like, Oh, I made 3 million more this year than I did last year. Well, what'd you do? I just implemented the shit. Yep. You know, and others. 100%. So, that's awesome, I dude. I think that every single person on this planet, you can learn something from either good as in what to do or bad, what not to do. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'll give you, I'm going to give you guys a specific example of learning from your friends through hardship. 
Okay. I have a friend who actually did this twice. So he didn't learn the lesson. By the way, guys, the friend is me. I'm the friend. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm the friend. <laughs> yeah. So personal story. I've had two partnerships that have been nothing but trouble. Okay. They started off with the best intentions. However, what are the first one? And this is really important for you guys to learn, especially if you're trying and thinking about bringing on a partner. The first situation I was partnered with two people found one being, being dishonest and stealing, basically using the corporate bank as his own personal slush fund, going on very expensive vacations. Long story short, he took about a half a million dollars from the company. I left once I saw that and uh, they made them buy me out and they actually didn't even finish the buyout. The second time I partnered with somebody who I was very close with and our values were very similar, but not completely similar. And this is one thing that you have to understand that when you bring on a partner, your core values, what I learned from this, if you are going to accept a partner, your core values have to match entirely, including your work ethic. Because I, all I want to do is build the company. All my partner wanted to do was get it to a certain point and then sit back. They, it was so mismatched that we wound up just parting ways and it wasn't a fit. However, when you take on a partner, if you're going to do it, learn this from my mistake. One, you guys have to have the same core values, same work ethic. Two, you guys should each bring different skills to the table. If me and Keith were to partner on a company, it would be pointless. Why? Because we have a lot of the sim similar or same skills. Okay. Keith doesn't need what I bring to the table. I don't need what Keith brings to the table. I would want to find someone that's great at marketing. Okay. Yeah. Or great at raising, you know, uh, at systems or something other than what I do. Keith. You need your integrator, right? Yeah. So that, I think that goes back to that integrator versus, uh, you know, visionary. Like if you have two visionaries that partner up, you're just going to have, you're pissing on each other's feet, right? Yep. Whose vision is better and who's... But who the fuck is going to go implement the vision? You can vision all day long, but if you don't have the integrator to do the implementation, like you're shit out of luck. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I don't think partnerships ever work. And, and you know, and, and that visionary integrator isn't necessarily an ownership partnership, right? And when you say mm -hmm. partnership, I take it to the ownership side. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could use this. Yeah, you could use this too, husband and wife and shit like that. Like two visionaries spouses are going to butt heads all the time. Mm -hmm. because they're just going to want to dominate each other's vision. Oh, yeah. um, I don't have business partners, period. They don't ever work. I did that shit one time. So if we want to talk about my friend, newsflash me, same thing, <laughs> right? I entered into, and here's what I think most people enter into a partnership to, uh, to kind of eclipse time, right? Either yeah. you need money and that person's got money or you need this thing and that person's got this thing, but long-term that, that shit doesn't ever culminate to a great partnership. So uh, try to avoid partnerships all you can, uh, in my opinion, you know, yeah. unless you truly find the yin to your yang and you guys just are, are an anomaly. But for the most part, I mean, shit, like you said, most people partner to be cool and friends and shit never works out. Um, unless you do find that person who is the missing link to your vision. Yep. 
And I will tell you this, debt, if you're considering this because of money or any other reason, debt is always cheaper than equity, especially when it all works out. Okay. Yep. Think about it. Even if you gave up 10% or 20%, that's 20% for the lifetime of your business. And if they're not contributing anything, what's going to happen is that relationship is going to get toxic quick. Okay. Another, another thing to point out here, guys, is a lot of people pick partnerships because they're afraid to go and do it themselves. And that's the right. truth. I, I, I look back and I realize that that's the reason I did it. And at the time, I didn't realize that's why I was doing it. Okay. Another, another massive challenge or problem or learning from your friends, okay, is I have a friend that went and, you know, raised the money, okay? That person did not do all of their due diligence on who they were working with and the company, okay? And what wound up happening was a giant lawsuit because they did not research look for reviews and do the necessary due diligence. So here's, here's my long winded point there. Before you get into bed with anybody or any company or any opportunity, do as much due diligence as you can. And if somebody tells you, Hey, it's going away, guess what? There's always another opportunity coming. Don't ever think that you are stuck or you have some pressing thing that you have to make a decision without doing all your due diligence. Because I can tell you, any time I've ever done that, it has always blown up in a spectacular fashion. And I saw this happen <laughs> to my friend. Yeah, spectacular. 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does suck, dude. And, and that's, you know, we hear it all the time, right? Unspoken expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't communicate, don't do your due diligence. And that just creates, you know, premeditated resentment. Mm -hmm. which then creates the spectacular blow up. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And so let's talk about due diligence, man. What are some things that people from a due diligence perspective, because you've uh, had some spectacular uh, business partners, yeah. what would you do differently from the, from that looking at it through your lens now, what would you do? Who would you talk to? What would you do different? So just vetting partnerships. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Due diligence. I would... Yep. I would, one, not rush into it the way I'd have in the past. Okay. And I know that's obvious. But second, I would want to know and see, one, if they've partnered with anybody else and how it worked out. Two, I would actually pull way more reports. So yeah. uh, a couple of the things that could have event prevented this is had I done background checks on credit, personal financial statements, and what's called a clear report, which shows criminal history, past taxes, any of that other stuff, it would have at least gave me more red flags to look into or ask questions on instead of just bypassing that and not looking at everything and just signing like I did. The other part of it too is if it requires, if it's something that requires your signature, okay, you should have an attorney review it. All right. Unless it's so standard, unless it's, let's say, 10,000 or under, you should have a returning view. If you don't have the cash to cover in your pocket, okay, if something were to go wrong in your pocket, not your bank, in your pocket, then you should take a step back and have an attorney review it. That's 
Yeah, a good Mendoza line for everybody. It, it, attorney should be involved at period. Yeah. When you're talking about partnering up, you're putting your wagon against someone else's wagon. You, you need some some legal counsel. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to skip that, then you should probably skip the partnership in general. Yep, I agree. And I can say that because I didn't do that, and I got bamboozled for seven figures on one of my companies. I'm sure, you know, and that's part of my story. So that that's a, that's a massive learning curve when you don't get you know one point something million dollars given to you as as you were supposed to have. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. The hard way. The hard way, and then you yep. never do it again. Yep. Well, I did. So, so once and done. You're so once and done for me. I <laughs> don't know about that, you know, and so, you know, let's, let's look at some partnerships that, you know, that did work. And I mean, no, no partnerships do work. Look at Apple. They fired the fucking CEO. The guy who started the company because of uh, vindictive bullshit. Right. Yeah. And then bring them back once they realize they can't write the ship. Yeah. You know, so this, this goes for small mom and pop companies all the way up to these fortune 500 companies. Now you've got board of directors involved who really run the business at that level. Yep. And those guys, you know, piss on each other's feet like, you know, Democrats and Republicans do. It's just a massive fight upstairs. So there's a lot to that. But small timers, not necessarily small timers, but yeah, I agree. Like if you can't get your company up, hire a coach. Yeah. Don't get a don't get a business partner who you think knows what the fuck they got going on because chances are they don't. And, you know, when, when you don't move the certain way that they want you to move and vice versa, then shit gets bad and you start the resentment train and then the shit's just a downward spiral from there. Yeah, I agree. I've, we've all dealt with it. Yeah. Uh, another, another thing I've learned watching a friend of mine now, and this was, this was a really cool lesson I learned on parenting. All right. Everything in there, everything that the kids want above, let's just say, the basic necessities, okay? So what are basic necessities? Food, shelter, school, clothing, all the stuff that kids need to function and live a normal life. They basically did something that I really liked and I implemented. Everything above the normal. So if it's an expensive toy or if it's a trip somewhere is earned and you make the children earn. Like if you want to go to Disney, all right, Hey, you tell your kids, we can go to Disney in let's say six weeks. Here's how we do it. And then you focus on the daily habits that they need to hit to do that, to earn that trip. Okay. Yes. Is it like bribing your kids? It is, but you know what? It's also has real world applications. And I've seen how my friends, kids have turned out. I've copied it and I can tell you the changes and the differences in my own kids. Okay. By doing this, they start creating these daily little habits, like working out, like reading, like doing their chores. Oh my God. Everything that a parent could want, right? Your kids are doing it. Your kids are doing it. Yeah. It costs you a trip to Disney, but you know what? You got six weeks of fucking excellence out of your kids. And you know what? For a thousand dollar trip to Disney, I'll do that every time to get six weeks of excellence and learning out of them. And so every, every time he resets it, he finds a new thing that they want. He sets the bar, he sets what they need to do to do it. And they, the kids execute on it and think about it. What better real life example could you have? 
you put into work, you do what you're supposed to do, you get this reward. It's capitalism yeah. to your kids at an early age. Yeah, I don't do that to my kids, but I do that in business. So if you ever figured out, you know, if you have a team underneath you, figure out what it is that your employees want and set a stage yeah. of production to get them there. You know, hey, I would love to take my wife on a trip. And, and the way that I do that is by whiteboards. If you have your team whiteboard every so often, things change, shit gets added, mm -hmm. shit gets taken away. Look at the whiteboard, right? If it's vacations or if it's a, if it's something, you know, I'm not going to buy them a Ferrari, obviously, uh, unless, you know, they, they deserve it. But if it's materialistic thing and it's within reason, why wouldn't you tie that same theology to improving the functionality in your workplace, right? And you would. If I know, yeah. hey, I'll, I'll send Joe and his wife to Disney or whatever, right? And it cost me $4,000. Well, if I can create an opportunity that he increases his production by X, why the hell wouldn't you do that same principle inside of your business? Right? I think 100%. a lot of times what the, the reality, in my opinion, is that the business owner gets too addicted to the money. Mine, 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 mm -hmm. right? This is my profit. This is my P&L. This is my business. Uh, I don't know about you. I'd give half my shit away to make the same amount of money. It doesn't yeah. matter. Money, you know, money is just a tool to do good shit for other people. And the day that you correlate that to your activities and your business and your world, karma's great. Yeah. Karma's, a, karma's a bitch. Karma's also good. Yeah. I got more good karma stacked in my fucking back pocket than, than ever because I'm always willing to go and just do shit for people. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that that is a good lesson, not just in your household, but something that you can relate into your business household as well. Because these people aren't employees, they're family. Yeah. At least in, in, in my eyes, they are, right? How I like to treat the people that are working with us. So that's a good one. Yeah, what's, what's another which one to which one to look out for outside of the partnership you know let's talk about behavior patterns I like okay that. let's talk about let's talk about things that we can learn from guys this isn't like good versus bad this is shit that we've experienced in you know 20 plus years of entrepreneurship <clears throat> and that we just want to to highlight and, and drop little little nuggets so that you guys can have things to think through why don't we talk about short fuse syndrome in your business, right? The leader of the pack. Everyone yeah. is scared to talk to unapproachable, right? Can't get receive feedback because everyone's scared that this individual will fucking cut their head off. Right. And, and how do you fix that? Right. And how, and if that leader's you, I'm talking to you. If that leader is someone in your ecosystem, I'm going to give you a nugget on how to fix it. You've got to approach it and tell them directly and bluntly, but professionally. Hey, you're absolutely hard to talk to. I've got a lot of feedback I think that can help you. Are you open to hear it? And I'm okay if you scream at me. And I had this conversation to someone that I, I like uh, recently, and it worked out very well. Right? And, and I think good moves will come of that because now they're, oh, shit. I'm acting in a certain way that people are scared to come into my office. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was one that's been on my mind, uh, you know, lessons that I took value from because I too am, am short tempered and hot headed at times. We all are, you know, no yeah. one's perfect. So 
I think that, you know, have you experienced that kind of temper? I and, did. And what, 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 what did you bring from that? What did you learn from that? Uh, that's a great, great, great question. Here's what, here's how I found out or realized that one, it, again, it wasn't a friend. It was me Two, <laughs> um, what the, the reality of what happened was I did so well in sales and building that I was constantly getting promoted. Okay. And they kept giving me these promotions and in, into leadership without actually giving me the leadership training. And so I developed some really bad habits early on. And there's some people that are actually in my office today that would attest to this, that I was miserable to work with and work for, for probably the first five years of my business career. And I had no idea. And the only way I learned was because I kept going to these, kept reading more into personal development, kept going to certain events. And it took me a while to work on it and to, and the first step of working on it is becoming aware of it. So I could tell you that the guy that's probably you're trying to speak to right now probably isn't even aware that that's his problem. Okay. So let's look at warning signs. If everybody on your team always agrees with you, you don't have a fucking team. You have a, a cult following that's going to get you put out of business. Okay. You need other voices there Two, If people are nervous around you, Okay. If you notice that, or when you disagree with somebody, do they push back anymore or do they just take it, walk out of your office with their tail between their legs? I'm guessing it's the second. These are all signs that, Hey, you're probably pretty hard to approach and speak to, and you're not doing you or your team and your company and your mission, any fucking favors at all. All right. right. So watch that stuff. And you probably carry that shit home with you. Yeah. And do the same right. shit at home. Yeah. Which isn't Which is, helping anybody. It's not helping anybody, but yeah, I, I, I realized a long time ago, the way that I acted, you know, and they, everyone talks about compartmentalization, right. And in the military and I did time in law enforcement. So compartmentalizing for me is easy, but your, your attitude isn't compartmentalized. Yeah. And a lot of people miss that. <clears throat> I may not go home and talk about the shit that I suffered at work and all this da 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 da, da but I'm still pissed off. You're still thinking about right? it. Yeah. Still thinking about it. So my my direct reflection and reaction to kids and wife and dogs and this fucking dinosaur tortoise we own, you know, I thump it in the head when I'm mad. I don't know, you know, I don't really <laughs> goddamn don't call PETA on me or any of the fucking any of that shit. I really don't hit the tortoise, but the 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 message is, yeah, you can compartmentalize the activity and the thought, but your reaction is the same. And yeah. if you're stuck on dick mode all day long at work, you're coming home in that same mode, right? You're an asshole, right? Mm -hmm. And and if you're not listening to your people at work, you sure as shit aren't listening to your wife and kids. Promise. Yeah. Yeah. So those lessons are are not only things that can benefit and highly impact your workflow, work family, day, attitude, health, stress, all those things, but I bet your, I bet your house gets a little bit more in order. I bet the yeah. relationships get a little bit more buttoned up at the house too. So those are all good, good little lessons that I've learned, hit little hot topics that I felt, you know, we should come in here today and drop and yep. you know, give people some things to, to think on. I love feedback, obviously, on, on other you know bigger picture items that, that we may not have touched on today for sake of time. But 
Guys, we're trying to keep these things short, hits, hot topics real quick, in and out, because most people got a 10, 15, 20-minute ride to work. This is perfect. We get too long-winded, people are checking the fuck out. And we're trying to to bring tactical shit to the table. Yeah, I'll I'll give you guys the, the takeaway, right? Besides the individual lessons we discussed here, just think about this. Anytime you feel a strong reaction, either good or bad, about a certain person, that is an indicator that there is a lesson to be learned. So if somebody does something that's really, really good, maybe analyze why it made you feel a certain way, see what was good about it, see how you can implement that. On the flip side, somebody does something bad, you're furious, you don't want to speak with them, you're done. Analyze why, what they did, and then avoid doing that. Right. Learn something from everybody. That is the takeaway. You can learn shit from everybody in your life at any point. You just have to understand and file it away in one of two categories. This was good. I want to I want to duplicate this. This was bad. I want to avoid this. What do I have to do? You do that. You're improving your life daily just by asking yourself that question after every interaction. You just got to slow down and take inventory. A hundred percent. That's it. We just rush through it and lose the, lose the lesson. So takeaway, slow down, do inventory on how you feel about a certain thing that happened, good or bad, put it in your back pocket. Don't repeat it or repeat it. There you go. That's it. It's as simple as that, guys. We'll catch you on the next Integrated Entrepreneur. Thanks for tuning in. Share this with someone that needs to hear it.